Cineboys to Cinnamon, episode 25. 25? 25. There we go. Actually nice halfway to 50. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make that joke. <laughs> oh, sorry, man. Halfway to 52. <laughs> <laughs> there we um, go. <laughs> continuing with our double bill of recordings uh, mm. for Barbenheimer. Yes. Uh, <laughs> we're all sort of sweaty after spending a good hour and a half talking about uh, uh, Oppenheimer. Now we're going to... Yeah. Hopefully not get as sweaty talking about Barbie because that'd be great. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, you know, I think it's a really fascinating film in the sense it takes us to topics I have not really previously spoken about uh, in Cinema Boys mm. and Cinema Men. So, no, yeah, as, definitely. Uh, you know, the Barbie property is a, is a doll, which is you know a toy. It it gives us the opportunity yeah. to talk about toys and cinema, mm. toy films, yes, uh, yeah. and sort of. The themes and ideas tend to sort of permeate around those kinds of films. As it's Greta Gerwig in the director's and the director's chair, it gives us an opportunity to talk about her work, yeah. um, which is always personally for me a joy. So I'm really looking forward to that. And yeah. uh, then, of course, Barbie itself, which is um, a film I didn't expect to either well to have the impact it has. Um, yeah. Oh my God. It's everywhere at the moment. Everywhere. But in a way that's like, totally different to, to any other film I can think of in recent memory. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, Titanic. <laughs> the people, everyone was talking about Titanic and the, when that came out. I mean, I don't remember. I was only three, but, like, <laughs> I don't think it'll make as much money, but it's just crazy how that it, it can kind of envelope such a broad... I love that would be, like, your first memory of being alive <laughs> hearing people talk about titanic yeah yeah <laughs> um but yeah no there's definitely a kind of a social spike in, in talking about cinema in general uh, largely as a result of barbie which is really interesting and like you say something i didn't expect either no so, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into that in more detail later on when we discuss the film um but first i think we should talk about toy films which we'll do after the outro finishes now Rich, which is now, now. <laughs> Questing the cinematic void. Right, the the toy movie. I mean, I don't know. That's not really a subgenre that I'm. I, I don't think, but just for the sake of discussion, mm. that's what I'm going to keep calling it. Uh, I think there is. You know, I think you know off the top of my head, you got obviously the the classic one being Toy Story. You mentioned Toy Soldiers to me earlier. Uh, Transformers. Oh an yeah. Odd one. Like the has Hasbro, so you know, you know, in, in a similar vein that like Mattel are semi producing Barbie, Hasbro are heavily involved in Transformers development, <laughs> so yeah, oh, yeah. Know, yeah, Transformers. We'll definitely talk about that because that'd be, yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd be interesting. Um, <laughs> I put out a little post on, on our Instagram, uh, as a oh, tradition, nice. just to sort of get a sense of uh, the kind of like beloved toy films that um, people wanted us to talk about, and yeah, yeah. it actually, um, actually follows some of the films we wanted to talk about anyway which is always oh there you go uh, nice Corey mentioned by Jordana uh, yeah uh, well uh, incredibly clever and original idea at the time yeah agree yeah we'll, we'll definitely talk about that in that context yeah yeah the small soldiers which might be my favorite example uh, oh yeah okay I was one of the first kids in Derby to see that film I won a competition and I went to go and see it so I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, that's so good. What a claim to fame. I know, yeah. Uh, <laughs> best things ever happened. Uh, <laughs> Alex, again, Phil Mangle. Yeah, yep. get, get out of our DMs, you dirty little <laughs> swine. Uh, he, um, 
the Lego movie, which... Oh, yeah. Which, oh, wow. Which I hadn't considered. I've only seen about half of it, which I think might be a bit, really? a bit of a crime, considering this is... Well, arguably, it's one of the more sort of beloved examples of this sort of genre we've we've just come up with. But um... yeah, there are some similarities plot-wise. Uh, almost, it's almost uh, yeah. Barbie and uh, the Lego Movie share some DNA, which I'll get into later. Okay. Uh, I, I I don't actually think it's. I think it's slightly too similar, but um, there we go. Uh, okay. Will Ferrell's in both films, for example. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The most striking similarity. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the toy film then, I guess, in the sort of context of talking about toy movies, we're either talking about films that have toys in, obviously, or are yeah, films yeah. that are based on a toy property. Um, yeah. I guess we can kick off with Small Soldiers, if you don't mind. Yeah, mate, yeah, go for it. I think the reason I want to sort of talk about this film first, primarily in relation to Barbie, is this idea that there is a property which is fundamentally for children. In the case of Small Soldiers, the property is created for the film Small Soldiers, so obviously there's a difference there. But there's a similarity in the sense that there's like a thematic um, depth which is more appropriate for adults. Yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah. In the context of Small Soldiers, it's in the over militarization of children's toys uh okay so like a- action man for example yeah and the little army men and stuff yeah 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 so um, it's this idea that of of making uh violence military action or military figureheads sort of more palatable and subsequently more sort of entertaining and sort of stripping mm. away the, the sort of the, the horror and nuance of conflict in place of this sort of like the sort of abject heroism, the physical strength yeah. and prowess, uh, the necessity for combat. Um, and I think Joel Dante doesn't get as much credit as he should for weaving those ideas into what is essentially a sort of, on face value, a sort of fairly solid 90s or is it 90s? Uh, I think it's 98. Yeah. Oh, I knew you'd know. Um, <laughs> sort of piece yeah. of, uh, sort of family entertainment. I just wondered what your thoughts were on that. Um, as you know, it's yeah. not something I'd really considered until uh, I quite recently was just, uh, you know, when you just remember a film and think, God, I like that film. And, uh, <laughs> and you sort of go yeah. down a bit of a rabbit hole. I sort of stumbled a few sort of across a few sort of academic discussions and, and Joel Dante interviews where he talks about this idea of militarization yeah. of, of, of toys and how, you know, there's a concern that it sort of sows the seeds for sort of, um, enthusiasm for future conflict almost yeah yeah okay no i see i see that i see what you're saying there i think the problem is you know if you're going to market toys to boys especially in the 90s it it what i i don't really know what else you'd lean on it's a shame but like it's you know when you when you're out with your mates in the woods, what do you do? You you pretend you got guns, right? And you yeah. kind of say like, ah, yeah, bang, 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 bang. And maybe I don't know whether that's the fault of the toys or whether that's the marketing team behind the creation of those toys noticing that natural behavior in in kind of in men or not men yet, but um, in and like in in the sort of uh, the the male and the sort of growing up in that fashion and responding to that. Mm. Um, but I think Small Soldiers is a really good example of sort of analysing that idea, really. And, um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, looking back, it is it's completely accurate as well. Every, you, you know, if you want to talk about gender stereotypes, you, you, you look no further than things like Action Man and 
and things like uh yeah like the the sort of uh, the little green soldiers you used to play with army men mm. and um you know it, it is it, there's not an awful lot more there really i'm trying to think uh maybe scale electrics <laughs> but even then the, the delight was quite often when they crashed right so there's still a, yeah. vi- a violent element there yeah. um warhammer uh like battleship the, the the game the the kind of you know a lot of board games are sort of military as well yeah, so, yeah. Uh, i mean yeah though that is interesting um yeah i know it's a sort of a source of of uh, very modern debate at the moment as to you know, is it ingrained in 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 certain genders to to sort of um, be gr- to gravitate towards certain things? And I want to sort of stay away from that because I don't know anywhere near enough about that. But I think um, <laughs> you know, I think in the context of, I, I think Dante's point is perhaps more about this sort of enthusiasm for conflict, uh, yeah. toys as almost sort of like propaganda, um, mm. things that you know um, make conflict no matter how questionable, more palatable in the sort of hearts and minds of the masses who have been indoctrinated from an early age by the presence of toys like Major Chip Hazard and the Commando Elite, (laughs) who, you know, driven by rampant, you know, corporate greed, have been uh, rather ridiculously given a military-grade weapon chip that gives these toys sentience. Um, you know, again, it's it, you know we sort of talk about this in our atomic age, atomic monsters element of the Oppenheimer episode. We literally just finished recording, but you know, uh, the idea, you know, you, you gravitate towards the most extreme examples to make the most powerful point. And I think in the case of Joel Dante's Small Soldiers, there's something to be said there about this idea of these sort of incredibly intelligent, sophisticated toys gaining sentience and then sort of enacting that. Um, although with a sort of strict sort of programming, they have like they do have programming to destroy the Gorgonites, who are these sort of yeah. bumbling, <laughs> hapless, sort of quite peace-loving, odd-looking <laughs> fellas. But for some reason, they've done something, and they they have to be annihilated. Or, yeah, uh, that's right. And I and I think that I, they sort of, that's a sort of more chilling element, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, the basis true, actually. You know, it's kind of like um, what was that? Uh, um, in starship troopers situation isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> a little bit yeah <laughs> and, and like these bugs haven't necessarily like we don't really know what they've done wrong <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and and yet you're conditioned to believe they're the enemy uh which yeah i didn't think about that actually it's yeah. also sort of speaks this idea about this sort of encouragement of this you know this idea that strength is aggression you know kindness is sort of and feet is feeble and, and, and undesirable and you know that mm. yeah, you know uh, the gorgonites seem to embody that and that's why they have to be destroyed their crime is almost that they're inept they're not prepared for conflict in any in any way and that's almost their biggest crime <laughs> yeah 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 they got they got to be stamped yeah, out, yeah, yeah because yeah. they're you know some, some sort of like I don't know, some sort of plastic Darwinism or something. I don't know, it's strange. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah, I just thought it was worth mentioning that film in that context because to me it's a, not only is it very significant for me as a child growing up, but it, yeah. it's a film that's sort of endured <laughs> and it's a film that I will revisit fairly regularly and have genuine reverence for, not just yeah. because of the memory, but of the themes that I sort of discovered in my sort of research conducted in the early hours of a random morning when I should have been asleep oh, okay. you know, many years ago. <laughs> uh, 
That's fascinating. That I um, it's definitely kind of garnered because a few people have mentioned small soldiers to me quite recently, actually. Um, so clearly the Barbie thing is kind of uh, reinvigorated at someone, and it does have a, a definite kind of cult following. I mean, uh, Joe Dante is uh, brilliant at that. I think he's you know like he, did he did he do Gremlins? He did. I'm fairly yeah, sure that did, was yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. So he's got that that kind of mainstay appeal even though initially i don't think small soldiers I think it made money i think it made about just under 100 million um but <laughs> it, it does you know the something to be said about his filmmaking is it is it it's there to stay and you can revisit them and it, with, with a certain warmth yeah agreed i'm interested to know what your views are on transformers because it's i find it uh <laughs> crazy i didn't even consider transformers um uh, yeah it, that is similar in the sense that it is a, a very popular property brought over to the big screen. Um, yes, yeah. And has been here for a very long time. It sort of won't die, will it, Transformers? No. Oh, God, no. I mean, the first the, the first three or four were tremendously successful financially. Uh, my thoughts on the franchise as a whole is I remember the first one came out and thinking I was going to hate it and kind of did. I was just about old enough not to kind of buy into its kind of boyishness. And then the next lot came out and I revisited the first one and I was like, you know what? I've seen a video about Michael Bay and his his filmmaking and how there's a kind of element of the auteur there. And I rewatched it and I was like, fuck oh, yeah, I've seen that actually video. all right. Yeah yeah, yeah. Video, yeah, I revisited Transformers. I was like, as a film, as a blockbuster, it, it sort of works and it's got a, be- a clear beginning, middle and end. There's some dazzling. For 2007, the visual effects are out of this fucking world. Really good. Um in the context of it being, you know, it's it's odd to me that it's all about it stemmed from toys. I think there's a departure in Transformers that isn't present in Barbie and isn't present in something like Toy Story, which has a few. It has like Mr. Potato Head and a couple of actual toys, like real world toys in it. I think um, that were that were, that were like the Slinky and stuff that were around before, but Transformers deviates away from the original design so much that it becomes its own thing and it kind of becomes like, cause the, the origin of these, they're like aliens, aren't they? They're like uh, mechanical, like ancient aliens. Yeah. And, uh, I think. And I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's the depart. It, it has, it definitely departed quite significantly from what the original toys did. Which, I mean, all they did was, you know, it it was a car, and then it becomes a robot, and it's kind of there's a, a kind of Rubik's cube mechanical edge to them, and mm. the only the, the only thing the films could retain was the the transformations of those of the toys, which were you know kind of clunky and impressive. But um, yeah, there's a definite. Sorry, I've gone back going on about Transformers for far too long. <laughs> but um, yeah, there's a departure there, which was necessary, although slightly baffling. Because it's very pro-military, I think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Bay very much is pro. You know, yeah. he's very. Yeah. His films, you know, I think, are you know, not only are they sort of drenched in sort of like that sort of like wanky. You know, you, the smell, <laughs> yeah. the smell of Transformers is like a fourteen-year-old's bedroom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like yeah, it's yeah. just like that sort of vinegary. <laughs> sort of smell you know it's like how does it smell like this but you're not what are you doing in here yeah um, you get, there's, a, there's a slight aroma of right guard but it's not covering anything up no know? no yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah it sort of fuses with like what's it dust that sort of hangs heavy <laughs> in the air you know yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and it's sort of it's sort of like he's appeasing all of those sort of like base teenage boy impulses in his mm. films. You know that sort of, and not that teenage boys are you know can't think about things in in a degree of nuance. But it's a very horny movie. Yeah. It's a very yeah. action packed movie, and there's almost this fusion yeah. of action and horniness, which yeah, is more the more yeah. troubling when you consider the sort of military aspect. Oh um, God, yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, very bizarre collection of films. Um, the only one I sort of didn't dislike was Bumblebee. Uh, oh yeah, that was quite sweet. That had a uh, again. I'm saying I'm going to say it. Nostalgic. Yeah, there's a nostalgia yeah. to that yeah. one. Uh, and 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 actually, that there was less of a departure from the, the toys and what the toys sort of represented. Um, I never really personally played with them, uh, but I think that kind of brought it back to to the the sort of um, the childlike nature mm. of those toys whereas michael bay was like you say very keen to uh dig his dig his heels into the the, the pubescent audience mm. <laughs> and Bum- bumblebee wasn't as concerned with that and it, it is a better film for it i i do agree yeah it's sort of narrative obviously the film is set in the 80s and there's this, there's this sort of conscious narrative sorry it's conscious in the narrative of the film in the sense that it has this sort of like childlike wonderment to it that i mean obviously it's watered down it's it's not you know, it's not the same as the best examples from the era that it's trying to wait, but it definitely, yeah, it definitely channels some of that energy, and it feels mm. a little bit more socially conscious. Um, yeah, you know, with the sort of John Cena's arc about this sort of resurrection from this sort of like, you know, his sort of transformation from this sort of straight-laced military type to someone that grows a sense of understanding and empathy. Um, mm. Again, rushed, but you know, it's a blockbuster movie. What are you going to do? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, there's something a little bit more to that film as opposed to just sort of like, yeah, um, mm. sort of being semeny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, Toy Story. Toy Story, yeah. Uh, I. I love Toy Story. Who doesn't? It's, it, it, I mean, for a start, from a visual effects perspective, which is something I'm kind of keenly interested in, uh, it, it was a, a benchmark. Um, and the, the fact that it was used to such a wonderful, for, for such a wonderful basic, but, uh, you know, almost universal story about, you know, growing up effectively. Uh, I'm, th- I'm talking more about the trilogy here. But, um, you know, I just it, imagine being sort of eight years old or seven, six, six to eight years old, I suppose, uh, and having the idea that your your toys, when you leave them, come alive. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what a great, what a, just a brilliant message. And, and the fact that they made it accessible for adults as well, which up until that point wasn't, it was one of the first films to do that where like, you know, you drag your kids along to the cinema and for, to watch a kid's movie and you, 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 you get surprised. I feel like that was the first film to really do that. And Pixar have done nothing. Uh, I mean, more in more recent years, their, their output, I think has grown a little bit more uh, uneven, but it was definitely just a, the start of something really special for children's <laughs> a strange a strange uh, phrase to use children's cinema <laughs> uh yeah and in terms of the toy thing it, it is it, it was largely uh yeah just a real gem and i think that's almost that that's that's not controversial to say that <laughs> no i think it i think the reason it worked for sort of children and parents alike is because the idea that toys come alive is something that endures and we talk yeah. about our child childlike sense of wonderment which is so central yeah. to the best children's films um yeah. i think within the premise alone toy story already achieves that 
and what yeah. what it does certainly from one to three i mean two is my personal favorite but what it does mm. throughout that is that it sort of challenges that childlike sense of wonderment by having yeah. the toys almost watch their their, their kid grow up alongside yeah. them uh, yeah. and you know having to adapt to the challenges that come with that as toys as mm. you know vessels to facilitate the sort of like boundless imagination of a child to then yeah. sort of like residing in the deepest darkest pits of a box because <laughs> you know Andy's grown up and he's wanking and watching Transformers now you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? um and the the DNA of that that very idea is pre- present in a lot of a lot of other films about toys as well. I mean, including Barbie, it, it's not not as much of a theme, but it is an idea that's portrayed in Barbie to a certain extent. The idea of you, you know not getting played with has a has mm. ramifications on the the characters, and, and even again in the Lego Movie, it's a similar. I don't know. I don't want to spoil anything for you, but there's an idea in the second half of that film, a, a translation of what is going on in the plot to what is happening in real life. There's kind of a, there's a bridge between the, the real world and the world of the toys. And, and that idea gets explored and it, it all started with Toy Story. And I mean, Barbie does it differently to Toy Story. The Lego movie does it differently to Toy Story, but it is such a, it's weird that that's kind of been, um, <laughs> I, I would say stolen <laughs> from Toy Story a little bit, that plot device. Well, yeah, it, you know, it's this sort of idea. I think that um, toys are reflective of shifts in culture, you know, and I think, yeah. think about the, 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 you know, the opening of Toy Story, it's cowboys, then it's space. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I think, oh, right. and yeah. Barbie deals with that transition quite interest in a really interesting way as well. This idea that, you know, that yeah. you know how the Barbie is supposed to represent the aspirations of the then modern woman of the time, and how that mm. how each iteration is emblematic of that change. Um, yes. Yeah. And I think it's kind of, I think they they take those ideas from other toy movies, as you said, you know, Lego movie, which mm. I can't speak too much on, but I, you know. I can remember, sort of half remember from the point I got to thinking that's maybe that's where it's going. I don't know if I'm like that. Yeah, no, it, you're right. Yeah, you yeah. know, like you know, this idea that they represent change, and that change cannot just be the you know the change of mm. a child growing up, and but also their taste changing to suit the the, the sort of shifts in history or the yeah, um, yeah the yeah. sort of the social the change of social consciousness or the social fabric that is then represented in what children can you know consume. Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. That I mean, we were talking talking very recently, but in our previous podcast about the way history influences cinema, and, and the same could prob- probably be said of toys. Yeah, and I think Toy Story handles that really, really well. Um, mm. And I think I didn't think about that—the cowboy and then the space, the space mm. age. That's that's quite yeah. And the sense of, I have read that before, but and yeah. the sense of bitterness that creates as well, like the bitterness. Yeah. Know, in the old guard, the toys that once were the popular toys, you know, in Toy Story 2, that's very much the point. And I guess the sort mm-hmm. of arc of Woody is, you know, is, is within that, is being outdated. Um, mm, yeah, yeah. Sort of analog <laughs> in a digital world almost, even though it doesn't really apply because they're all toys. But, do you know, the idea of being out, yes, yeah. of being no longer relevant, which I think Barbie handles really quite well as well in its narrative. Mm. It's, a bizarre, yeah. it's a bizarre segue, but we're going to move over to Greta Gerwig's filmography now. Um, yes, yes. Because I think, uh, you know, obviously Barbie is the property uh, of Mattel, who are obviously a corporate behemoth in their own right. Their yeah. rights owned by Warner Brothers, who are also a corporate behemoth in their own right. <laughs> um, yep. And I think, and we're going to get into that. There's, I put a question out on Instagram regarding that, which I think um, got some really interesting responses uh, 
uh, about. Um, oh, brilliant. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, I think what Gerwig does really well is she threads a lot of her themes from her filmography, not just as, an, as a writer and director, but as an actor as well. Um, mm, yeah. A lot of the choices that she's made in the portrayal of her characters or the creation or direction of the characters that she's given. Uh, I yeah. think she threads it quite well into what is a huge, huge movie in Barbie in terms of the investment. Um, yeah. So it seems appropriate to sort of talk through a few of her films and a few of those themes and ideas. I wondered if you wanted to take a shot. All right then. Well, uh, I I'd like to I'd like to talk about Little Women, which is something that a film I actually really quite admired and, mm. and enjoyed. Um, it's actually a remake, and Hannah, my wife, Hannah. Uh, she got me to watch the original oh, yeah. <laughs> right afterwards because she prefers the original. It's got Christian Bale in it. Um, and uh, it's it's funny how just how similar they are. But something about Gerwig's version, which I sort of preferred, it, 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 it kind of, there's a sort of almost magi- slightly magical quality to, to her films that not not overtly at all but there's there's a definite sort of sense that you're experiencing almost a slight fairy tale and you're being told a story by someone (laughs) that she that she kind of uh, less so in ladybird perhaps that's a bit more sort of i thought ladybird was a bit more kind of oscary yeah i did i did like it a lot um i remember it slightly less uh but yeah the way she kind of presents her narratives i think there's definitely a slight kind of magical quality to to her films what do you think about little women um have you seen i it? have uh yeah. I, it's one of those things I, I, I desperate need of a rewatch i actually had it earmarked for rewatch today but didn't get a chance um uh, but, okay. uh, yeah it's like a storybook yeah it is and i think it talks to to uh gerwig's sort of sensibilities as a filmmaker and i think there's something you can see in in ladybird as well which is this mm. sort of way in which she embeds the growth of her characters into the, the into the narratives. Um, yeah, yeah. But okay. it, it's yeah. never in a way that is, it's not special. The, the growth isn't always seismic. It's the growth that comes with getting older or, 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 or sort of reflecting on an experience. And the spaces between those moments that seem to really inform the growth of the characters. I really admire that about her as a filmmaker in general, that she has the... Obviously, she sees it confronts the big moments head on. I mean, in you know, in in Lady Bird, for example, there's there's arguments, you know, very sort of standard, not mm. standard, but how you stereotypical arguments, yeah, um, yeah that have sort of been you know done to death in in cinema, but uh, but they're done in a way that any woman can reflect back on their 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 time as a teenage girl and say yes, yeah. you know, that's yeah, that's yeah. what it's like. Um, and that feels weird for me to say that because obviously I can't say that, you know. No, 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 no. I, t- I, t- yeah. I mean, I've I've spoken to some some people that that have kind of. I mean, it's today especially. Uh, I've got a quote. I've got a, a big kind of section of uh, opinion from someone at work who really, really loves Greta Gerwig, and um, she kind of echoed that same sentiment. Uh, I'll read it out properly later. Yeah, yeah. But no, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, man. Yeah, because it, as I think I think uh, you mentioned this earlier. It's not it's not sort of lost on us that it's just two <laughs> sweaty film two two sweaty <laughs> film birds trying to sort of unpack yeah. the sort of uh, the, the feminine <laughs> qualities, the feminine experience, yeah. uh, the girl exactly. So yeah, it's it's important that we have that perspective. 
I, I really did think it was. I was like, I really need to get someone else's take, someone, someone female, <laughs> yeah. because uh, largely Greta Gerwig, that's a big thing, uh, a big theme for her in a lot, of, a lot of her films. She kind of, re- she really wants to channel and portray the, the the experience of of growing up as a as a woman and portray it not not just to a female audience either no. i think barbie is you know it is definitely for for men as well and and it's really interesting that she does carry that across with a a graciousness mm. and a kind of uh it's almost un it's untainted by anything extreme there's a fem the feminist edge to it, but it's not uh, aggressive. No, I think. no, no, no. Yeah, and I think that's the mm. same for a lot of her movies. Uh, you know, she she picks her moments to be you know very critical of uh, masculine characters. Mm. I think in Lady Bird, Timothy Chalamet is is that sort of like vacuous. Oh yeah, she, yeah. perfectly cast. Yeah, yeah. perfectly <laughs> cast. Yeah, that vacuous little twerp yeah. who, you know, he's all, <laughs> his his brain's always somewhere else. It's in you know. He's cultivating this sort of, it's a, it's a deliberate persona, it's artifice, it's this sort yeah. of like, you know, the, the sort yeah. of the quiet academic who's, you know, whose brain is too besieged mm. by lofty, loftier thoughts than than the trifles yeah. of, of women, but still definitely yeah. wants to have sex with women. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then massively yeah, yeah. But, yeah. And, I, and I think that she's brilliant in that, in, in doing that, in sort of bringing those criticisms, letting them flare up with with quite a bit of intensity. But they they mm. die away in a way that is sort of you know they have a lasting impact on the film and in Lady Bird's case on her character. Um, yeah, but it's yeah. not like fiercely and staunchly anti men, <laughs> you know, which no. which I think is sort of really admirable given that the temptation to do that must be quite strong. Um, in films yeah, about yeah, you know about the, the sort of experience, but there's a there's a scene mm. for me that really stands out, and we talk about this sort of universal appeal of Gerwig's work obviously you know uh women reflecting on 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 growing on growing up are going to be able to connect with the film on a a deeper level Mm, Uh, obviously um you know not every film can be for you right but you can no that's I think a really key and important point to take into the discussion about Barbie which we will do but you know Mm. but you can still derive as much of enjoyment from watching on the sidelines you know and and acknowledging the, the bits that are sort of addressed to you in a way um yeah yeah but i, I think um it's it's just this scene where she's driving back through her hometown and she's looking at her hometown with fondness after she comes back from oh, university yeah. and she's it really made me think about the complex relationship we all have with our hometowns yeah oh like, yeah you know, like as a teenager the only thing you want to do is get the fuck out of there because it's like this, the, the, the sort of particularly if you've come from a small town or you you know mm. you you know you spent most of your formative years in a small town long enough for it to feel like a hometown you know you, yeah you you know it becomes it's like this place for oppression it's like it, it it's sort of stunting <laughs> your sort of like yeah desire to travel yeah, and, yeah to grow broaden your mind yeah stunting yeah. growth yeah, exactly. and and then you 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 get away and then you come back and it shows a development in you and a growth in you that and again you know this yeah. isn't for everyone some people are more than happy to leave where they come from and never go back which is also fine but i feel like whenever yeah. i talk to people about their relationship with their hometown it almost sort of comes mm. full circle they're sort of <laughs> it shows like a development of growth to them that they can sort of appreciate the things about their hometown that made them who they are how important it was that, that teammate teenage impulse to break away is to coming full circle and yeah yeah exactly. and it's a really sort of quietly 
observed moment by Gerwig. And I just think, again, I've sort of said this earlier, but it really, her ability to sort of, to sort of pick on those quiet moments and really linger on them in a way that is really meaningful, I think is as powerful as her sort of upfront uh, engagements with, with some of the more sort of overt uh, messages that she wants to sort of broach to her audience. No, yeah, just to kind of echo that same scene, it, there's definitely a sense you get from that scene that she has started to become almost self-critical, which is something that I think, you know, once you leave your your uh, the place where you grew up, you you start to realise actually the, the kind of feelings uh, that, that, that you had towards your hometown were more you than the actual town. <laughs> and you come back and you start to realise like, oh, well, the... the maybe it was me that was the problem mm. and maybe you know obviously it, it it wasn't it wasn't a place that that was kind of acting as a jail cell it, it helps to leave but it was all it was all kind of internal and i kind of got that feeling from that scene i remember that scene, yeah actually. it was a great little moment yeah, yeah. Mm. she's also really great cool. at playing you know characters in periods of arrested development you know like when i think mm. about francis ha you know she plays this sort of someone that's life has just stopped <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah. You know, she's sort of just trying to find something to grab hold of that can get her life moving again. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> is such a relatable theme for anyone, certainly of our, in, in a, the stage we are in, a, in our lives, where you know you, you mm. sort of um, leave behind the recklessness of your your teen years and the sort of the, the sort of lingering teen feeling of invincibility you have into your sort of mid twenties, and then all of a sudden you've sort of got to start making these decisions. Society's pushing you to make these decisions. Yeah, yeah. And it's, <laughs> you know, Francis Ha is sort of a you know like a sort of standard bearer of of people that are just like. <laughs> That that moment really throwing them off guard and and really sort of leaving them in a period of stasis and not being quite able to reconcile with it and then subsequently, you know, find something that will help them and, and move them forward in life. Yeah, she's yeah. so brilliant at playing those characters as well. I think. Um, oh yeah, as, as an actress. Um, I think she yeah. co-wrote Francis Ha. Did, did she not? I think she did. Did she? I think she. Yes, yes, she did co-write Francis Ha. Yeah. So yes, sorry, she co-wrote yeah. it with No Baumbach, who's obviously a co-writer on Barbie as well. And I, 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 lo- mm, I love that yeah. collaboration between them. That there seems to be a real, I don't know, like I can't speak to the quality of their relationship, but you know, uh, <laughs> uh, my mate tells me. So, um, you know, like <laughs> there seems to be a real warmth between them and uh, a sort of. It's a symbiosis, yeah. I feel, like a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, really, yeah. Unafraid to go to she's... places which may make one of them look a bit twatty, for the lack of a better term. Yeah. Oh, oh completely. Yeah. No, and, and that's really admirable and very honest. And uh, it is. It, it does just sort of speak to the, the idea of always suffering for your art because it must be embarrassing if like you know a character which is semi based on you gets shit on <laughs> you know yeah. and the ability to kind of move past that and see it as a as a, a painting or, or a piece of art or you know obviously a movie it's like yeah really admirable and um it's something that which doesn't happen enough no. i think is that honesty uh, uh yeah really nice and refreshing to see that mm. Barbie, then. Barbie, yes. Uh, do you know when I sort of first found out that Greta Gerwig was involved? I it, yeah. it's strange because even though I've always been a huge fan of her work, um, mm. 
Mm. I sort of thought this is going to be the one that, un- that undoes her. Do you know what I mean? Oh, really? It's, yeah, no, completely. You know, we talked yeah. about it a couple of episodes ago about this idea of, I think we talked about Chloe Zhao with the Eternals. You know, you've got filmmakers who are quietly sort of yeah. working in the independent scene, making these really impactful independent films that speak to, you know, the ideas of womanhood or identity, you know, or whatever. And then they jump into the, into the you know, into the big blockbuster realm where the expectations are raised. The, some of the freedoms yeah. may not, that you enjoy in the sort of independent space are no longer there. Um, yeah. And I just felt that it would be the undoing of her, like a big franchise movie, mm-hmm. uh, because so you will about this yeah. film, like even if, you know, she does a pretty admirable job of wrestling control from these sort of corporate behemoths and, and just yeah. managed to tell a, you know, a pretty candid and earnest story. I couldn't help, but at the beginning of hearing about this thing that she's going to, this is going to be something that isn't going to work completely. Yeah. I, I do remember being baffled by the mm. fact that, that cause initially, cause there's loads of animated Barbie movies, which are geared much more to, towards the audience that would play with the, the dolls. Mm. This really isn't, this is a 12 a, which surprised me as well. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's interesting how well she, she comes off and how well the film's doing is just extraordinary and yeah i agree with you i was just like really confused that this was you know that 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 creative force would delve into something so uh yeah mainstream and 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 not necessarily popular either it's a theme that they actually touch on in the films that the idea of the barbie doll uh you know being a kind of stereotypical heroin chic i think how do how do they say it is it heroin chic yeah, okay. I, I don't know yeah like that kind of yeah ultra thin unrealistic standards of beauty you know that's what kind of barbie has come to represent in recent years uh and for you know for for, for, for a film to be made about that doll in this era it was confusing to me as well i think yeah. it's interesting because that seems to be one of the central cruxes of the film alongside many others this idea uh, that um, you know, the, the, the studios, sorry, not studios, but corporations are, are rushing to sort of adopt this sort of more socially conscious stance, only with yes. a view to maximise yeah. sales. And I, what I think yeah. Gerwig did quite well with the casting and the sort of perhaps quite overt criticisms, but I think successful criticisms of this idea that you know, yes, you know, we have like a you know a more sort of multicultural roster of barbie dolls we have barbie dolls that are presidents <laughs> and stuff but the main barbie is still this you know like this, yeah. this icon of of beauty this sort of um completely yeah. unattainable icon of beauty and i think that she she does quite well to sort of play with that uh, and i think that's something that you know i would i'd be interested to see how she managed to get those ideas through like you know, mm. through the sort of studio heads. I have a few ideas relating, relating more to perhaps a more cynical angle of me a little bit regarding the, the sort of messages of the film and, and who really stands to gain from these films. Um, but we'll save yeah, that because yeah, there's okay. a, yeah, I've got some, some good feedback from, from the, from the adoring listeners on that. Uh, of course. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think at least on face value uh, and I think even beyond face value, I think the film works really well as a, as a sort of, a dig at that sort of like frenzy to appease the sort of, you know, the more sort of socially conscious landscape and, and doing so in a way that perhaps yeah. isn't really as, as, um, as, as meaningful as they, as it could be. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, definitely not as genuine as as they kind of make make it out to be yeah. for sure. Like, uh, there's a great there's a great gag in it where which in which a, a bunch of board members are talking about how how well they know women and how like the the, the idea of being feminine is so important to them. And they're just all blokes. I loved yeah. that joke. I thought that was really that was really funny, really clever, really simple, and could be understood by a really broad yeah. audience a broad range of people but it just worked i thought that was a really great way of putting across that idea also, <laughs> just ran hilarious as well <laughs> yeah yeah and it also spoke to this idea of well of like the facade of sort of like positive representation you know like all these people are pushing it but they're not actually prepared <laughs> to like put people on yeah. the board or sacrifice their own positions on the basis that you know they yeah. obviously enjoy a lot of power <laughs> and control from these positions you know and i thought well, yeah i think you're right that joke did work really well given how sort of you know simple it was you know and i think yeah yeah in the case of the film a lot of the sort of uh, more satiric elements are quite simple because it you know mm. the intention is to bring you right up to 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 the to sort of the face value of some of the the issues yeah. with that and and the problems with this sort of idea of proclaiming to preach you know and you know wanting equality but not really doing anything other than like you know making a doll that is apparently an author or something like that. Yeah, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, um, I think that's really interesting. Uh, yeah, I think it sort of spoke to me. I think we, I've sort of touched this when we're talking about the through line through toy films from Toy Story, Lego to Lego film to to Barbie. I think mm. it made me think about you know toys as uh, symbols of hope and depression. Okay, uh, yeah, toys yeah. can be symbols of hope. And in the case of Barbie, I think she's got this very old fashioned idea. But I think America Ferrara's character, you know, she has a really sort of like uh, idealistic view of Barbie. Um, yes. Whereas yeah. it doesn't necessarily align with her daughter's view of Barbie. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I've really made me think about that idea of how um, we sort of spoke about in the context of, of, of uh, Toy Story and, and the fact that you know, toys represent the sort of social or historical changes and the, and the attitudes reflect those changes. Yeah. Uh, one of the key themes for me alongside this critique of like corporate sort of twattery for lack of a better term, <laughs> love to that yeah. but you know, oh, right, um, you know, but it's also this idea of like how for one person, a toy can mean one thing. It can mean this symbol of hope, mm. uh, but for others, in terms of the daughter, it can represent this sort of very um, reductive view of women that is ultimately damaging to any future progress that should be made. And I found that really interesting, the idea that idea that Barbie can be both those things. Yes. Uh, yeah, it juggled with that. Really, It, it had a really great... Uh, I mean, at the beginning, the, the sort of weird 2001 sequence, there's a bit where it's like, you know, obviously the dolls used to be babies. So it, it was the idea that uh, you're preparing children for motherhood. And then that's changed, you know, with Barbie, it was the introduction you know with the best of intentions perhaps it could have been like no we're gonna we're gonna do away with that and it's it's now going to be all about independence but with that came a you know the unrealistic expectations of beauty which her mother wouldn't necessarily recognize because she has such reverence for playing with these dolls and she sort of only saw the positive sides but then you know as time wears on and generations you know it kind of get older and are replaced with new generations the yeah like you say the representation what these toys represent can change and, and it does a really great job of that 
planting the seed of an idea in your own mind uh, of what your toys meant to you and what they might mean to your son, I guess. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Daughter, or daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's kind of that. That was a real strength of the film, I thought. They can, um, they can be emblematic of a disconnect, can't they? Uh, yeah, and, yeah. And they can also be emblematic of this idea that, you know, that they don't necessarily have to uniformly represent one thing. Yeah, yeah. Because that in itself can that in itself can create problems and, and, and expectations which aren't necessarily befitting for every single individual who might consume this particular product. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah, I just feel no. like Gerwig really handles all of these things really, really well. And it's a lot to take on whilst sort mm. of maintaining uh the visual sort of stylings you'd expect from a Barbie movie, but almost Oh yeah. <laughs> almost playing with those in a way that worked really, really well as well. Oh yeah, there's some great gags at the beginning uh, about like Barbie Land and what you know the fact that there's no no there's no such thing as liquid <laughs> really made me laugh. I don't really know why. Um, uh, yeah, they, they did a good job of that of the production design as well. I thought was really really commendable mm. in um, in that opening sequence, uh, and yeah, just a good source of humor. Um, I really liked as well, uh, going back to uh, America Ferrara, her character. There's a moment in it which, in which, without giving too much away, she's rallying her her, her troops uh, to to kind of defeat the the army of Kens who have kind of grown accustomed to the idea of patriarchy, and she just has this speech which could have been so preachy but wasn't at all. It was like. It just it was a list listing the the various um what's the word I'm looking for expectations, uh, the various kind of expectations yeah it, it, the the kind of examples of inequality that women have faced over the years and the way it's done and the, her performance that moment was so good I was captivated I was like I want more of this list I, I you know just uh, in a way so I could you know looking forward. Uh, how I can be an ally, you know what I mean? I, I thought that I, it was a shame that it was kind of so brief, I thought, because I'd love to revisit that scene, actually, and just mm. kind of revisit that list, that really long list of of um, the, the, the kind of plight of, you know, of be, being, a, being a woman and how, how that can... And again, it's so strange talking to you know two two white blokes talking about this kind of stuff. But it, I just thought it was fascinating, really interesting, and really again, like stress. Want to stress this? Not preachy. Like it didn't didn't reduce anything in me anyway. I don't know what your thoughts were on that bit. Yeah, no, yeah, it's very very similar. I, I, yeah, I didn't feel like attacked or anything. Um, no, no. Uh, ben Shapiro did. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, you, yeah. <laughs> that, that goes without saying, and and that sort of leads to my yeah. next point. Actually, is mm. you know, despite the film's overwhelming popularity, there does seem to be a growing contingent of people from familiar circles like that who have mm. really taken issue with the movie. And I find, yeah. and I find that argument, I find that really fascinating because these people when they're like sticking up for comics or people that have said or done things that aren't sort of like in keeping with the current social climate, their response yeah. is, well, if you don't like the comic stand up, don't watch it. Um, yeah. Don't engage with it. You know, you don't have to, but then as soon as something comes along, that's critical of them. They willingly go and see it just so they can criticize it. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and again, I don't want this to get too political um, no, no, no. because, you know, but at the end of the day, I just find that really interesting. Um, and I, and I find that the film handles that quite well as well. That's sort of yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just think that particular that 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 
sort of motivations of doing that they don't really align with how they view things when they're basically what i'm saying is i think that people like that i think are more comfortable feeling that they're the ones that are being this sort of pressed force you know yes yes exactly you know um Mm. when they're out of that territory they seem to sort of struggle to find their feet and struggle to reflect that that their argument is essentially redundant really i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah no yeah you're totally right yeah um i uh i have got uh i'd like to read out uh Emily's opinions if 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 that's is yeah. this a good time to do that actually? yeah yeah, yeah. so um Hello, Emily. yeah just uh yeah yeah um she I she, I said put uh, stuff on Instagram but she'd rather like just message so uh here we go so she's got three three points uh one is it was an uplifting and fun movie, yet the poignant parts hit so hard. Greta was able to depict how every single woman has felt at some point in their life, and she managed to find the similarities we all share just by being a woman. It showed the struggles we have to face in the real world, whilst also making the point that Barbie has been somewhat hated for the past X amount of years because of the expectations she as a doll was setting. Barbie realising she wasn't the idol she thought she was was such a good part of the film. She now realizes it's not a dreamland, and that the struggles people face are embedded in society. So, yeah, I think that's sort of speaking. That's the first point she made. I think that kind of speaks a little bit towards uh, the kind of more existential side of the film, mm. which I, I personally thought was slightly misplaced, actually. But reading that, I kind of it, it makes a little bit more sense to me now. I don't know what what you think about that. Yeah, I, I think it speaks broader to the sort of feel, the, the sort of um, humanity. Uh, the, mm. the sort of focus on humanity and how a lot of the sort of difficulties and struggles are emblematic of this collective struggle for humanity. I think that ex- existential angle. I, mm. I, I agree that it's perhaps not as prominent as some of the other themes and ideas in in the film, but yeah. I think this idea that that her realization isn't. It's obviously she's she's terrified of that realization, but it's all, all also you know there's there's good to be acknowledged as well in that realization, which I think is. Um, yeah well put by emily yeah yeah um so number two uh despite the film showing the scary struggles women face it was such a celebration of womanhood and i've never felt happier to be a part of it the fact that everyone has been getting involved in the celebrations by dressing up and going to see the film has been an amazing feeling so that again that's kind of saying uh, talking a little bit more about the the kind of real real world aka the world we live in yeah. uh the sort of the social uh, side of going to see this film yeah i think that's that is interesting that a lot of people there's so many people want to be a part of this like what seems to be a, a real big event yeah. uh, and it's so strange that it's come from from barbie which i kind of reduced in my mind to like a a kid's doll right i didn't think there was any nuance to it no but clearly there is I, mm. I, I think um i think it's created a sort of in it, you know it it reminds me of the positive elements of a shared cinema experience right i think yeah you know, for yeah. me when i sit in a cinema nine times out of ten the, it's all about just engaging with the film um mm. and i can probably get so military military you know so military about that that i sort of forget that film can sometimes be a shared experience um yeah you know you're a community and you're you're, you're experiencing a film together um yeah i think obviously there are films that do that better than others some films that's clearly not their intention oppenheimer you know, no, yeah. It's not saying bring your pipe and your hat and sit. And, you know, no. you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's, you know yeah. that, that doesn't need that. That's not the, the point of that movie. 
Whereas mm, like, yeah. if I think about the last time I had an experience similar to Barbie's, we went to see Mandy, the Nicolas Cage film. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the yeah. watershed, actually, in the same screen. And it was like, uh, the strange thing to me was, was that it made me realize how great the collective shared experience of cinema viewing can be. I think Barbie has done it in a way that I can't think a film has done in a very long time. You know, mm. it's sort of like encouraging people to to share the experience, but also, you know, you walk around. I was actually in city centre of Bristol yesterday, and I could you just knew who was going to see Barbie, and there was so many people. Like, yeah, in, in, yeah. and I just think mm-hmm. I just thought, wow, like, I mean, I didn't have you know, I wasn't, you know, I don't have really that many negative things to say about the film. Even if you were, you even then you'd still have to acknowledge that there are a few films that have had this sort of impact. That, oh yeah, that, yeah, completely. You know, in yeah. terms of again, like revitalizing that sort of um, the the sort of collective wonderment of the shared experience of film mm. watching. I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree. I, no, not at all. No, I, I think the last example of it I can think of was actually kind of a, a almost a, a toxic version of it uh, because it was st- stupid and encouraged disruption. Uh, that grew the grew thing. The minions, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like gentle minions where everyone go in and like in suits and stuff, but uh, apparently like talked and like was just like chucking stuff at the screen. But in this case, it's a real positive thing. And it's also, you know, the whole Barbenheimer phenomenon. It, it's great because so much of sin like different cinema goes and their different tastes are being catered for in one weekend yeah and that i mean yeah i agree with you i went to the view at cribs causeway it was packed mm. even for a saturday mm. i went both saturday and sunday it was packed both days the whole cinema was packed but but everyone was quiet whilst the film was apart from the you know the odd moments of laughter i love that i do I, and it's easy to forget that when you go and see uh you know a film that isn't isn't so popular <laughs> where you're kind of sat amongst about six or seven other slightly disinterested looking people you forget that it can be so it can be so wonderful and so um just yeah almost like going to a concert or something uh and yeah it, I, I totally i think that's right and i think yeah emily's uh emily's point about it, it was a celebration of of womanhood and she's never felt happier to be a part of it it's the idea of being a part of something yeah, know, yeah. That, that it's very much embedded in the sort of the, the social side of going to see this. And it, and it so, doesn't alienate yeah. people either. I think like people mm, who are really yeah. critical of the elements of this film, I think if you go, you know, if they feel like, you know, it's an attack, a vehement attack on men to the point, you know, you want, you hate men. But if you, you know, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've only been to one screening, but you know, the end of, like I didn't get, no one looked at you funny for being there, you know, no, no, yeah. yeah. I went on my own. I, I was fine. Like I felt very comfortable. You know what I mean? So like, it's uh, about again. It's like sort of you know, all come in, all come and enjoy this. Do you know what I mean? Like this is what it's about. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. Like I just yeah, I don't really know how you could have like a negative view on that. Really, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, know. completely. No. Um. So finally, uh, and this might be a good segue into discussing some of the weaker aspects of the film. Actually. Okay. Um. So she said, in my opinion, it wasn't as deep or complex as Greta's other films, but I don't think it needs to be. I think we needed a fun film that still gives an important message. Her other movies are both so beautiful and complicated, which I think some people had high expectations for this to be the same. But after much thought, I think it was perfect as it was. Uh, Look at the stats with how successful it's been in the first week and that it was done by a woman. Barbie would be so proud. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think I think the complexity. I think at the end of the day, like, yeah, I give her praise for 
wrestling control for these corporate behemoths and and and, and managing to mm. thread a level of complexity that I'd previously written off. Um, yeah. But I think the reality is this is still a blockbuster movie, and I think uh, you yeah. know her previous two efforts are significantly cheaper. Um, yes. And, and yeah, with yeah. that comes great level of creative freedom. Uh, and I, I would mm. agree with her that yeah, the complexity is obviously vastly lacking in comparison yeah. to her independent efforts. But that isn't a reflection of her as a filmmaker; more of a reflection, I think, to adapt your stylings to work with. A, 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 oh yeah, you know, within a far bigger budget. So. Oh yeah, you don't want to alienate what is clearly going to be a broader audience. I mean, even if it hadn't as done as well as it had, the audience it would have drawn in would have been different to Little Women or Ladybird, right? I mean, yeah. like her her name Greta Gerwig's name isn't like big bright and colorful center on the posters you know it's not like not like a Nolan film anyway and so you do have to yeah you're gonna have to make some concessions some yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah. uh so I I mean the other I'm trying to think like the that there was a couple of sort of plot based and, and the way they things about Barbie which I thought were slightly weak um the, the 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 bizarre i don't know whether i just didn't get the joke but the way that the transitioning between the 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 barbie land and the real world i think i thought that was really odd like i didn't i didn't really understand how you could transition from one to the other and there wasn't uh, i know the film isn't concerned with building a world like a kind of you know that there's no portal or anything but i don't know i thought there could have been something a little bit more <laughs> explained in that regard so i'm like okay what well, how do you get from there to there yeah what i was a bit confused by that um and yeah they i i felt they could have handled that a bit better i thought the mid-act was the weakest part of the movie uh oh okay Um, yeah yeah i think once the ken and barbie have their resulting realizations that impact you know their world when they return back yeah sort of overstayed its welcome a little bit um And I thought okay, there were elements, yeah. even though I think Will Ferrell was well cast in the film, I think it almost veered into more like Will Ferrell comedy territory a little bit. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah. Which, again, I'm not necessarily saying there's no vert criticism, but given that I think Gerwig's and Baumbach's, you know, styling is so um, of its own, I felt that it sort of, it, 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 there's a bit of a conflict of, co- a, a, a comedic conflict, shall we say. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, again, that's a sort of a minor gripe. But I think it was something that definitely impacted my—I wouldn't say my enjoyment per se—but I just it left me thinking that that middle section, I was, you know, when they went back to Barbie Land, which is a sentence I never thought I'd mm. say on this podcast. When they go back to Barbie <laughs> yeah. Land, you know, I think it drastically improved and went back to yeah, that sort of that—that yeah. that sort of it, it channeled the best energy of some of like, the best campy musicals, you know, mm, like yeah, like yeah, Ken's okay. musical. Uh, element i thought was fantastic actually um my appreciation for musicals has has only increased as i've I've got older and i uh i don't know like i've I've always got a bit of a soft spot for a good musical number especially when it's ryan gosling who i think is at the absolute peak of his comedy powers here um yeah yeah definitely you know he's the standout performer in the movie for me by a country mile i think he's you know, mm. he builds on his comedic ability that he showed in like the nice guys. I thought he was like really good in that in terms of a oh, the actor. Yeah, yeah, of course. But the yeah, way he yeah. sort of uh plays that you know, the sort of um sort of lovesick guy, right? Yeah, yeah. the sort of, <laughs> sort of like yeah, the sort of one dimensional lovesick dope and then has this sort of reverse moral awakening when he goes to the real world. 
and the way he those two things are in conflict with each other when he comes back to Barbie Land, I just think is hilarious. And um, I think he deserves, you yeah. know, yeah, considerable. I mean, a few people are saying this is his best ever performance. Oh, really? Uh, oh, wow. Which I think is quite funny. I mean, I think, I don't know if that's true necessarily, but in terms of a comedic performance, I guess you have to value comedic performances like everything else. So, yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. I think he really stole the show in the, in, in the film, actually. I admire him greatly for not shying away from a role like this because it could be, you know, especially on paper, like it's going to be, that's a tough sell, especially to someone like Ryan Gosling, who who's, you know, a, an established serious actor. Like he does, he's had, like you say, he's done comedic performances in the past, but you know, he's also done like place beyond the pines. He's done drive. He's, he's established a reputation uh, as being, someone who chooses his roles carefully and i think it's interesting that he's he saw something in this and he saw something that that you know he can contribute to and it, yeah he does it like agree does a fantastic job of of playing this guy <laughs> yeah he really does and i think i think it's the appeal of gerwig i think mm. um had you got like a more sort of like i don't know i'm trying to think like if you'd gone the marvel approach for example yeah, yeah. you know this <laughs> I, just, I just don't think the film would have had the appeal i think no, gerwig's yeah. name brings an appeal yeah, um, and it, and I think I think without that you wouldn't have had half as many of the sort of stellar performers in the film without her. Mm -hmm. I don't think. No, yeah. Uh, I've got a few comments I'd like to read from you on Instagram. Absolutely. Again, yeah, I, yeah. Again, I went from a Barbie, yay or nay. Mm. Uh, Alfie said, "Yay, best experience I've had in the cinema for a very long time. Laugh out loud and very moving." Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Jordana again, yay. It's message uh, very much on the nose, but it's a great way to get it across to a younger audience too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Alex, for the film angle, get away, you. Uh, <laughs> uh, mostly a go, he gets to say something with a project that could have easily been soulless. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, Dear Jess says, uh, yay, 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 loved it so much. I thought they couldn't have nailed the subject any better. And I did not expect to cry so much. If I had wow. been a whoa, it would have been even more so. Also, I walked away wanting a rewatch re instantly. So many great yeah. references and more I would have missed. Mm. So, you know, it seems to be, um, again, not necessarily a microcosm. Um, yeah. and, it's, and it's interesting that people talk about the critical elements of the film, about being on the nose. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I can understand that, but I think on the basis that this is a blockbuster movie, and again, goes back to uh, what we were saying about the sort of, you know, you have to shave off a bit of that depth for a blockbuster. I think that's just something you sort of have to, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I think I'd be more critical of it if it was more misguided or if it was handled with less attacked. Mm. Uh, or other elements of the film were handled with less attacked. I think that would invite a greater level of criticism. Um, yeah. And I think there is an argument there to say it might be a little bit up front. Um, mm. I think given that the film is very much about being up front, it seems a bit reductive yeah. to, to, to criticise <laughs> it too much on that on that front. I what do you think of Margot Robbie? We've not talked about her. Oh yeah, no, I I liked I did like her, and I thought she she was very well cast. There's a great joke in it about um, if you it, it's about like how she doesn't feel beautiful, and then Helen, Helen Mirren chimes in. She's like, if you want to make this point, it's very meta, meta. Yeah. Um, if you want to make this, <laughs> yeah, she says, if you want to make this point, don't cast Margot Robbie as your lead. I thought that was very very true because uh, uh, she's you know clearly a very very beautiful, a very sort of traditionally beautiful actor and um i i mean she, she she was i don't think it's the finest hour at all but i thought she was well suited to it and she, 
that's I can't really say much more. I do think she's she's a good crier. <laughs> she yeah. cries a lot in Barbie. Um, and it's funny going back to what some of the comments there in that a lot of people thought it was emotional. I didn't actually get it. I thought the emotional moments. I mean, maybe this speaks to the fact that I went to see it on my own. Um, I didn't think. I thought they were a bit much. I thought it, it actually leaned too heavily into that element. And if it brought it back a little bit. It, it, it would have been a better film for it, but I think I might be uh, on my own in that in that opinion, perhaps. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think again, it just boils back to that sort of uh, you know everything's dialed up to eleven, isn't it? I, I, I you know just personally, if I think about Goings or the work, I prefer the spaces in between for the, the emotional impact. Yeah, Obviously yeah. A film of this magnitude doesn't have many spaces in between. So. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> um, I, no, I kind of agree. With, I kind of get where you're coming from. Uh, but then maybe I just lack the reference point as well. Maybe. Yeah. Did you did you like <laughs> did you like Margot Robbie in this as well? Do you think? Yeah. She was... Yeah. Again, yeah. I don't think it's her finest hour necessarily, but I think yeah. I think she plays the role. I think the demands of the role, uh, you know, given that the film has a very sort of, as you say, meta uh, edge to it, I think she does that really really well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Not the no. standout performer, but I think she, you know, is definitely up there. So. Yeah, that's true. Um, I I did like I did like her in it ultimately, and I I, can't, I actually can't see anyone else in the role. So that yeah, that's true. That, that yeah, is true. I, I don't think I don't know who else I would have personally cast if I was involved in the production of this movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I have uh, something uh, just a, sort of a question that that, that developed. To, to pitch to you and I pitched this on on our uh, Instagram as well yeah um, so this is a bit more cynical okay <laughs> go on yeah yeah there's, there's a cynical uh, avenue here so upon doing sort of research for this episode yeah I came across articles and uh, YouTube videos from like clips from like uh, news channels about people mm. debating the worth of of this critique, the worth of this sort of critique, you know, the things we've talked about, the, you know, the critique of um, patriarchy or hyper-masculinity or, uh, and the critique of like corporate power and how corporate yeah. power sort of like, you know, weaponizes social progress to maximize profit, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But yeah. A few people aren't convinced by that critique. Uh, wow. Given the fact that this film is not only made by Warner brothers, but it's also mm. co-produced by Mattel. Both companies that see to that probably will see a significant investment on the back of this film, mm, oh, uh, yeah. and an argument, and I, I think a semi-legit argument has been levelled to the, to them in the sense that, well, if this film is a critique of those of that corporate power, um, all this film is doing is 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 giving them more power. <laughs> You know, when you when you when you ha- when you hand over you, when you tap your bank card or you pay, mm, you're, you're, yeah. you're empowering the company. You're empowering the trajectory of the company and what they're doing. Yeah. And, okay. And as I started to think about that more, I began to think about the idea of like how corporations market themselves and want themselves to be seen. And yeah. whilst I'm sort of largely complimentary of Gerwig's critique of that sort of corporate power, I do wonder like how much these these figureheads have to lose because ultimately mm. they're being mocked. The idea of corporate power, predominantly masculine corporate power, um, it, it, it's marked, it's mocked more as a concept than it is specifically, um, yeah. and that and that broad critique, you know, I think I don't think people in these high ranking positions are going to be too fussed by that because they get to facilitate 
this fantasy that people have the fantasy of seeing these people being answerable for whatever it is they're doing that is you know that is an issue um uh, answerable for the fact they don't really um respect the plight of the people of, of the consumer answerable on the fact that you know given the current climate at the moment particularly with all of the the writer strikes and the actor yep. strikes um, mm. they clearly don't care about the you know the people who put the hard yards into to make these things by sort of facilitating this fantasy that they are being criticized they're actually not then they've managed to monetize a subversive attitude to their own practice yeah and, and i think that speaks more broadly to to not just Gerwig, I mean, I don't think it's an argument to be laid at Gerwig's feet at all, like entirely. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but I yeah. think the fact that the film is so overt, you know, so overt in its critical of its critique of these things, I think that's why people have brought it up in, in that way. I just wondered what you thought about that and if it ultimately derails any of the sort of more uh, enjoyable elements of the film. There was a moment where I really did think that, and it was, uh, it was the introduction of Mattel as a kind of uh, an entity, an artifact in the film itself. And I remember thinking at that moment, hey, their logo is at the start of this movie after Warner Brothers. And I was like, I don't really know how to think about it because it's going to, it's, it's, it's going in circles, isn't it? It's like, I don't think we'll ever know uh, really. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know that might not be the answer you're after, but it, it will, you, you know, the idea that being subversive can become a product in itself. What happens if you made a film about that concept and that film makes money? Do you know what I mean? It's a circle. Mm-hmm. It, it's it, all it will do is go round in circles. Cause if you make a film and, and you want it to be seen, then people are going to naturally, unless you, unless you put it out for free, but then it will become more of a, like an art piece, like an art gallery thing. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the nature of cinema is that it's not the same as like a a shop where or, or an art gallery where you can just go in and admire the paintings for free it is a product and it's a product to be sold and someone you know you're lining someone's pockets no matter who who that is uh and so i, I think you know i i do i do think that they're being mocked but they're being mocked at our expense and that is slightly troubling to me do you know what i mean it's mm. not it's not at their expense at all they're like you know laughing all the way to the bank and if 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 that's what it takes for them like i don't i don't think it's yeah it, it's confusing and there's a big circle that is just going to go on and on and on like eventually someone will make a film about sort of <laughs> hopefully someone will make a film about the cyclical nature of it all Maybe me. I'll think about it once I've <laughs> once I've done my German sniper film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 picking up the phone is the that's a shame. No, uh, no. I, I think it's interesting. Obviously, you know, mainstream American cinema is you know is it was a capitalist venture. You know, it, it is mm. you know it is a venture that you know it sells. I mean, for a long time, obviously, it's it's undergone various iterations as culture and uh, as change and history has impacted these changes. But fundamentally, it was people going out into the sort of the the, the sort of barren desert, you know, and and creating yeah. a space that could sell the American dream. And the integral to yeah. the American dream is the same system, albeit quite different. But you know, fundamentally, the same profit obsessed system that we live in now. So mm, I think yeah. it's it, it, it's. I don't think it's particularly clever to sort of just just level this at the Barbie movie. I think every 
one of the, mm. I mean, again, this is probably just getting a bit political and I'm showing a bit of my sort of, you know, my, <laughs> my, my own political viewpoint, but fundamentally, you know, the, the economic system we live under, it, it has managed to even monetize subversion, which I think is problematic, you know. Yeah. Um, and it is sad because, you know, the only people that gain from this subversion, you know, people vote with their wallet, that expression. Do you know what I mean? Like, and we've, mm. talking, we've spoken before, talking, <laughs> we've spoken before <laughs> about, you know, temporary moral realignments. At the end of the day, all of us in Western society, you know, uh, are we think a certain way, but we behave in a different way with our wallet in a way we don't even really acknowledge. And we, and I think it does say something about that. And I don't want to derail my enjoyment for the film too much, because I think, again, it's harsh to level that at the feet of Gerwig or indeed the sort of the wonderful sort of in cinema communities that come and watch the film. They genuinely want to enjoy the movie. They genuinely Mm -hmm. want to be bowled over by the messages of the film, which are positive, you know? Um, Yeah. But this isn't just men saying this. This is like people whose political beliefs don't align with the current system we live in. And they're making the criticism on the basis of, of Barbie as mm. something that is critical about the powers that be their argument yeah. is, well, you know, this film is only going to uphold the powers that be. And indeed the problems that come with maintaining those people in power. So yeah. yeah. Again, I, I think this has all got a bit lofty for sort of voice to cinema. No, 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 but, no. I just, but I just found it really interesting in that context um yeah. particularly more pertinent in the current economic situation we find ourselves in and particularly yeah. more prescient in the sense of all as i said before the strikes and the fact that mm. all of the you know the most talent some of the most talented people in the industry are being treated so terribly and being paid so terribly um yeah, yeah. continue the sort of the 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 sort of um the industry and the and the and the the wonder that it, that it that it sort of sells and <laughs> profits from. Yeah, 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 completely. It's, no, it's I, interesting I, point. I you're right. I had some comments about it actually because, the, you know, oh yeah, I was intrigued to see what people thought because, by and large, people have just been so, you know, bowled over by the sort of the elements we've sort, sort of discussed and more the bits we've missed. Um, yeah, I was really intrigued to hear what people say about this. Uh, so I basically said my question was basically, do you feel that that element, the fact that the money's basically going the wrong way undermines any of the key messages of the film, but particularly the sort of the, the anti-corporate stance. Okay. Uh, yeah. Adopts yeah. pretty explicitly. Uh, so <laughs> it's the same people, but uh, nice, Alex yeah, says right. undermines it. But when the general message feels like it came from a human like Greta, it gets a pass. Okay. Yeah. Hearts in the right place. Uh, it seems largely unavoidable in the current cinematic landscape. Um, mm-hmm. from Alfie, but then he follows it with, but yeah, sure, maybe undercuts the message to a degree. Jordana also chimes in once more. Uh, good to have you here yeah. with us throughout both episodes. Uh, she said, no, if anything, we need corporate to keep the film industry alive at this point, seeing how cinemas are dying. Wow. Uh, which I think sort of takes into account that the idea that, you know, for all of our sort of grievances about that or the grievances of the people that are critical about that aspect yeah how else would mm. they survive in this current system um yeah which i guess has some has some truth to it what i would argue may perhaps as a counterpoint to that is the strikes are emblematic of of uh of an idea that perhaps corporations aren't that bothered about preserving the art form of cinema as well no yeah there's was definitely a wealth inequality thing there yeah um, but i could see what you could definitely see what they, they're saying is 
if you if you want to keep going to the cinema, if you if you want to keep the dream alive, then you're going to have to to some extent bow to the the powers that be that make that make make it happen and and uh, uh, responsible for the funding and uh, and you know able to give Greta Gerwig 145 million dollars to to make a film like this. So I suppose yeah, that that's very true. Uh, and finally, it just says, no, all the marketing and profit gain is so clearly on the table for these companies that you know if you are being exploited and totally fair enough if you want to participate. If anything, mm. I love seeing everyone dress up in their merchandise for the film. I mean, I can't remember the last time, if ever, I've ever witnessed a film with that kind of draw. Mm. I really enjoyed oh, it yeah. and thought this is a moment to remember for the cinemas. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's very true and largely due to, you know, the... The, the pairing with Oppenheimer as well, that and that's lar- that is largely uh, an internet creation as well. Mm. We've, got, we've got to remember that 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 side of the marketing was was not was not necessarily unless there's someone very clever working in marketing was not started by Warner Brothers or Mattel or or um, or Universal. It was something that was born out of of uh, the masses, mm. which which has contributed to the success of the film and paradoxically has probably made both films a lot more money than they would otherwise have probably made. Yeah. I, I, I fucking know Oppenheimer wouldn't have opened to 80 million if it wasn't for Barbie. Definitely not, not, not a chance in hell. Uh, it would have made, but it would have made some decent cash. You know, Nolan has, can definitely stand on his own, but uh, I really do think that the, the profits from both of these films are largely due to the presence of the other one. Yeah. I think you're probably right. Mm. And I think just to sort of mm. touch back on that point, I think, you know, this is sort of shifting away a bit from Barbie, but, you know, the, the idea of, I think we should always be suspicious of corporations, particularly big ones. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's becoming mm. all the more uh, noticeable in the current landscape. Yeah. Especially yeah. the way that these corporations, particularly within the realms of TV and film and their, you know, and the way they free fell into streaming. It has it has impacted the cinema, and I think they do have a large part of the blame. They should shoulder a large part of the blame for that. Um, mm, and the yeah. refusal to is is emblematic of a wider issue in society. However, yeah, yeah, I, you know, again, mm. I want to stress that I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, at the end of the day, I'm as Alfie also said. I just I'm, I forgot to, you know, filmmaking is is a corporate endeavor. You know, yeah. even the smallest movies rely on corporate investment. And it's a medium I yeah. love and I adore. And I think in the current landscape, it's a trade-off that's worthwhile. Because if I didn't mm. engage with it, then how would I engage with anything? I mean, everything <laughs> that is that is mass, that is sold to, to a wide audience, obviously the internet has changed things quite a lot. But fundamentally, if you still want to get something that's seen by a mass audience, you have to go through those channels. And it's not yeah. necessarily reflective of you, know, you necessarily selling out. Um, yeah, no, I don't think. I mean, don't be wrong. There are definitely examples of people that that have um, in yeah. more overt terms, <laughs> but I don't think Gerwig necessarily deserves that criticism. Um, no. I just thought it was interesting to talk about in that context because it wasn't something that I'd actually just actually considered um, yeah, until no. I'd seen. You know, I think which are valid criticisms. Um, yeah, I just think that it, you know, it's 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 sort of strange to me that it's all around Barbie. <laughs> but it, it also makes sense yeah. given the popularity of the film and of course the toys themselves um, mm. as representations yeah. of industry, I guess. But yeah, interesting. Mm. Just a point. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, completely. Yeah, and I like that. Yeah. Well, I don't like it. It is just, it's sort of nightmarish to think about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, it is. Uh, it's slightly existential as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm not going to, my DVD collection isn't comprised of, 
exclusively of public domain films yeah. <laughs> as much as I'd like it to well, yeah, be. Well, yeah, the, the, the criticism you know that they leveled, I, I, I sort of thought, yeah, and I sort of thought about it, but then yeah, like you say, you know, we're all products of it, and it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that that's a it doesn't necessarily always mean that's a good thing but at the end of the day we are a part of that mm. system and to enjoy the mm. what we want to enjoy we have to sort of in some way embrace that um yeah. and that might be something you know that there might be something more to think about in a future episode maybe in um and yeah. the, the channels in which people may get around that um but again you know it's this, this is about barbie and ken not about <laughs> you know, my sort of brainless yeah. sort of political musing <laughs> <laughs> no 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 it's, it's good i was good to, to bring that up for sure because it's really it is fascinating and uh a, a very cyclical unresolvable matter yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm not sleeping tonight nice. i'm gonna lie in bed just feel like a piece of shit um, <laughs> yes uh, oh. outro <laughs> Questing the cinematic there we have it then a, a, a sort of long discussion about Barbie, Ken, Greta Gerwig, Toy Story, Small Soldiers, and the <laughs> politics, Michael, Michael Bay. Bay, and the politics yeah. around uh, consumerism. Yeah. <laughs> Typically. Wow. That's yeah, hefty. hefty, rudderless <laughs> stuff from the, from the Cineboys. <laughs> Next week, we are going to do a direct, the first of our hopefully many director deep dive episodes. Yes. So what we'll do is we're going to... Um, hash out a group like a cluster of directors and then we'll try and sort of spin a wheel or something perhaps live on the instagram we're slaves to social media now so uh, and what uh-huh. you, and, you know what you want uh but no we, we might sort of try and um sort of randomize it and then from there go and research the body of work and then come back with an episode i think that'd be quite an interesting approach wouldn't it yeah, yeah. i think yeah i'm really up for that it'd be good fun Nice. So maybe if we put out a list of directors, or maybe if we do a couple each, and then uh, yeah. the beloved listeners can come up with their own. All right. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. And Sounds then we'll see, so we go from there. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy this episode. Another short hiatus, perhaps for another week. Ben's yeah, on another yeah. holiday. <laughs> um, part timer. Part timer. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. No, enjoy it, mate. And uh, but in the meantime, guys, you 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 enjoy this these two mammoth episodes. <laughs> yeah take care guys see you yeah, later love you lot see you later bye bye